bring it up just very quickly. It puts pressure on somebody when I say quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm not putting any pressure on you at all. But um, I know you, some of you are pretty quick with your sword drill, as we used to call it in Christian Endeavor years ago. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, For us, for all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him are amen to the glory of God through us. I want to talk just for a moment about the promises, some of the promises of God and what that does for us, what that makes available to us. And Paul there was, was really responding to criticism of did he have the authority to speak and preach the word of God. And if you go back to verse 18, it says, but as God is faithful, he says, our word to you was not yes and no. It wasn't wavering. It wasn't, you know, maybe, maybe not. You know, sometimes I think, you know, people have taken the word of God in the 21st century in which we live and made it a little bit, maybe. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, and in him are amen to the glory of God through us. So Jesus, you know, Jesus backs up his word. Jesus backs up what Paul was preaching. He backs up what Timothy was speaking. And he was backing up what Sylvanus was speaking. You know, God backed when we preach the word of God. You know, without compromise, you need to believe that God backs it up. He backs up the word. And so it's so important that we, understand, that we know the word. We have an understanding of the word and we apply the word to our life. So when you're rooted in Christ Jesus, when you're born again, you're rooted and you're built up in Him, built up in Him, you can draw on the promises of God. Now, if you're born again here this morning, you can draw on the promises of God. They're available to you. They are yes, and in Him they are amen. Now, Bill Johnson in his book, The Power That Changes the World, how many of you believe we've got a power that changes the world? Amen. Well, the world is so big, but it, it, it will change the world. We have a power that changes the world. We have a power that changes the world, world but it will also, it'll, it can change your world. And maybe that's the most important thing to us sometimes, our world, not to be selfish, not to be, you know, but if we can't change our own world, we're not going to change the world. Sometimes you hear people, you know, mouth off all sorts of things about what they're going to do, what they're going to do, what's going to take place, what they can do, where they're going to go, what's going to happen. But there's not a lot of change in here. Not a lot of change on the inside of them. So Bill Wilson in his book, The Power That Changes that Changes the World, says, approaching life from the promises of God positions us for breakthroughs that others consider unreasonable. I love the way he says that. How many you can do with some breakthroughs that others consider unreasonable? Come on. We are born to live a life in which the unreasonable yields to the power of the name of spoken through our lips. Yeah, Jesus, that's right. I just missed you said the Jesus bit. You think you're gone, you know. We, are, we, are, we were born to live a life 
in which the unreasonable yields to the power of the name of Jesus spoken through our lips. Jesus isn't walking the earth right now, is he? He's not walking around in your world, but you are. You are walking around in your world wherever you go. Jesus said, you'll do greater things than these. As I am, so are you in this world. And we're on this earth to make a difference. We're on this earth, I believe, to speak the name of Jesus with boldness and with a confidence. And when we do that, those things which are unreasonable will yield to it. We're church people, aren't we? We're church people, so we should know and realize that when we use the name of Jesus, things which seem unreasonable to man, you know, become reasonable because they're in line with the word of God and they yield to the name of Jesus. That's why we use his name, isn't it? In the name of Jesus. Not in the name of some other, you know, blogger or influencer. In the name of Jesus. There are things we encounter as we live out our story in life that those outside of the kingdom of God, and I think sometimes maybe inside the kingdom, those who are born again, you know, seem unreasonable to overcome. And God is looking for believers who are radical about the word of God and take it literally, take it as it's meant and use it and access the supernatural. And we have access to the supernatural as Christians. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in this world. The power in us that is greater than the forces that come at you, the challenges you face, the things that are going on in your life. We have to, we have to be a people, I believe, who recognize that we are supernatural. See, the unreasonable, unreasonable yielding to the name of Jesus should, I believe, become a reality when we live in the promises of God. When we're living in that place of the promises of God, they should become a reality. See, the promises of God have been spoken since the, since the beginning of time. Haven't they? They've been spoken since the beginning. When God said, let us make man in our own image, the only thing that was created was Adam and Eve. When he said, let there be lights, the only thing that could happen was light. Just his word is so powerful. Numbers chapter 23 and verse 9 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. As he has said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make good? He's a, he, God comes good on his promises. Do you hear what I'm saying? He comes good on his promises. So when he said, light, come, light be, light came. When he said, stars be, stars came. <laughs> when he said, let's make man in our own image, Adam and Eve came. Wow. You know, when God spoke, spoke to Jeremiah, there could be no other outcome than a voice to the nations. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. So, well, well, that may happen if, if, if everything sort of comes right. No. It was a voice to the nations. See, Jeremiah's response, of course, was like most people's, unless, unless you're a big head, unless you're full of yourself. But he said, ah, Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I'm a youth. See, Jeremiah considered the word, or the yes, of God to be unreasonable. We may say, I can't, because. Jeremiah, Jeremiah was called, just like you and I are called. Jeremiah had a word, spoke a word over him. He's, you know, you may say, well, have I got a word over my life? Yes, you have. God spoke a word over your life. He's called you. He said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah said, well, you know, that's a bit difficult for me. I'm only a youth. And God said, ah, Lord, I cannot speak for I'm a youth. Jeremiah said, get over, God said, Jeremiah, get over it. He considered the word to be unreasonable. It's like he's calling himself what he's not. Sometimes as Christians, we can be guilty of calling ourselves what we're not by saying can't. You know, we need to be a people who say we can. You know, when God says you can, don't say you can't, because we can, because God's spoken. See, much of the kingdom of God, I believe, remains unbuilt because of the can'ts or the won'ts of those, the won'ts of those calls. Now, sometimes we just we 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 we're waiting for some something something so dramatic, and everything to come into place before we do what we really do believe God wants us to do. We can't because of all the, we've got so many limitations. See, if you're born again, you have a calling. And if we live in the promises of God, we can. If you're born again, you have a calling. If you're born again, you have a calling. And if we're living in the promises of God, we can step into those things which God has for us to do. And sometimes we just have to start doing something before we realize what it is actually God wants us to do. You see, so often we don't, not because we can't, but because we won't. We don't, not because we can't, but because, because we won't. See, when God speaks, when God speaks, I believe there's an expectancy. Because I don't believe God wastes his words. It's not like us to just throw empty words out there. God doesn't waste his words. Every word that God speaks has power, has authority, has purpose. See, I believe so often when God speaks, when, for many, when God speaks, it goes straight over their head. Because it doesn't come in the way they're expecting it. Or it doesn't come in the way which is convenient for them. It doesn't come in the way which is, fits into their time frame. How have you, how have you re remember, even, even since the last six, seven, eight weeks or while in the church, how many of you remember the prophetic words that have come out? Come out? See, we, we don't always remember them, do we? 
Yeah, they sometimes just go straight out. We, we remember them. We, we don't purposefully sort of forget it. We don't just not absorb it. It's not purposeful. But, but we're so filled with so many other things that we don't, those things don't get caught in our nets. Those words which God speaks. See, our, our, let me put it like this. Our net isn't cast to catch his voice. You know, our net isn't cast to catch his voice. See, so often our, 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 our minds are so filled with so many other things that we don't catch what he has for us. Because it doesn't, it doesn't fit the, our, our, it doesn't fit where our minds, where our minds set. And so we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't receive what he has. I, I believe there's so many words that God has spoken over my life and over the life that have come to me in all sorts of different ways that I haven't captured. Because my mind's been set maybe on something else. And I believe that, you know, the body of Christ is like that. We miss so much. You know, every time we're in the house of God, you know, his word goes forth. Every time you open your Bible, you, his word is going forth. He's going forth continually. So our net isn't always cast to catch his voice. Can you imagine what the world, or the world I know, what the world you, you know would look like if every believer was producing and continuing, continually producing lasting spiritual fruits? Fruit that has an impact now and goes on to reproduce. Some of you miss that because we don't, catch his, we don't catch those words that come from him. God is committed to his word. He's committed to his word and he'll bring his, his word will come forth in our life, I believe. If we allow it to, if we catch it, catch what he has for us. See, sometimes our thought life has us, has us abiding somewhere else. You know, the tr- the, that, uh, so fruit needs to come from us. Fruit comes from where we're abiding. So if you can imagine, if you can imagine what the world would look like, what your world would look like if we were, if, if we were continually producing lasting and, and spirit, lasting spiritual fruit, fruit that has an impact and fruit that reproduces, fruit that remains. You may ask, what does that sort of fruit look like? Well, it looks like the source. It looks like the tree. It looks like the tree. Jesus promised that if you stay connected, then the fruit of your life would look like the source. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. John 15 and verse 5. I believe, see, when you live in a place of abiding, when you live in that place of abiding, the promise is a yes and an amen. That promise which is spoken of God, those promises of God which are in the word of God become yes and they become amen. See, God is committed to his word. I say sometimes we, we, don't, we don't catch it. No, our net isn't always cast to catch his voice and we miss so much. It goes straight over our head. Sometimes you meet, have you ever been talking to somebody 
and you're talking to them and you say they're not even taking, they, they, they never even caught that. They, they never got that. That's what my teachers at school said about me. He never got it. He never got it. You can be talking to somebody and it just hasn't registered. Or you can be somebody who is listening to somebody and you think, what did they say? What did they say? I missed that and you're too embarrassed to ask them to repeat it. What did he say? Can I get the tape or the CD? No, it's not. I was going to just go to watch it online. See, sometimes our thought life has, has us abiding all over the place. Let me say this. We, we catch the voice that connects with our thoughts. Hello? We catch the voice that connects with our thoughts. So unless our mind is renewed, any voice will connect with your carnal thoughts. That's why, you know, we, we sometimes go all over the place. So we, we catch the voice that connects with our thoughts. Let me say that again. So unless our mind is renewed, and that's, we have to purposefully renew our mind. Doesn't always come. Sometimes, how many know there's a battle going on for your mind? There's a fight going on there. In Romans chapter twelve and verse two says, "Do not be conformed to this world; be transformed by renewing your mind." A transformation that takes place in your life comes because you renew your mind. You change the way you think. So we catch the voice that connects with our thoughts. So unless our mind is renewed, any voice will connect with our carnal thoughts. And sometimes our mind is so already made up that we miss so much of what God has for us. We miss what God has for us. And we miss those powerful words, those words that, that, that have impact, that, have, that cause change. See, Jesus, God knows something about you that you somehow forgot, forgotten. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, and whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. Sometimes we forget what he has spoken. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit. There should be fruit in your life. Oh, I, I, do you wish there was more evidence of fruit in your life? Can we fail so many times, don't we? We fail so many times. But there should be fruit in our life. People should be looking at us and saying, wow, there's something coming. You're, you're changing. You're different than you what you were three weeks ago. Look what's coming. From. Look at the way you speak. Look at this, the, thing, the, 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 the wisdom that's coming from you, the fruit of, of, of the things of the kingdom of God. See, our, our life becomes aligned with God. As we abide in him. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Sometimes we forget. Who we are and the promises that have been spoken over us. We bring our reason culture into a kingdom culture. And everything seems unreasonable. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, have you ever come across, you know, the church expecting you to do something that's unreasonable? 
Ich bin müde. We bring our reason culture into a kingdom culture and everything seems unreasonable. Well, you can't expect me to do that. Why would God expect me to live that way? Why would God expect me to have the, to think this, think like this, and accept and not accept this, and be okay with that? See, we sometimes consider it unreasonable, expecting God to do something incredible. Sometimes you know you get into a state where you where you want something done. Take take God out of the out of the picture just for a moment. You expect. You, you, you know somebody can do something for you, but you think it unreasonable to ask them. You hear what I'm saying? For whatever reason. We, we know somebody can fix this. We know somebody can fix that. We know if we just made that phone call, that they, they'd be able to help us out here. They'd be able to help us out there. But we consider that unreasonable. They would consider it unreasonable. So, so we don't do that. So we sometimes consider it unreasonable, expecting God to do something which is incredible. You know, people we read of in the New Testament, you know, Jairus, Jairus had a daughter who was sick. You know, he, he, he believed God could heal his daughter, that she wouldn't be sick. But did he consider it unreasonable? Some of you, he would have considered it unreasonable. When, when, when the servant came and said, your daughter has died, he then considered it unreasonable to expect Jesus to still go because she was dead. Jesus said, Don't, that's, that's, not how I, that's not how I see things. She's just sleeping. So we can so sometimes consider it unreasonable expecting God to do something incredible. And we consider it unreasonable for God to expect us to do something outside of our current frame of reference. Why would God expect me to do that? I'm not that sort of person. Sometimes we need to get over ourselves. Because sometimes we consider it unreasonable for God to expect us to do something outside of our current frame of reference or our, or our current thought patterns. Or our current circumstances. Well, God, and we say to use things like, well, God understands. God knows I've got all this going on in my life. Well, yes, he knows he's got all that going, you've got all that going on in your life. And he's bigger than that. And I've heard so many people so often say, well, you know, God understands this. And they use it as an excuse to stay the way they are. <laughs> Miserable, grumpy, unexpected. <laughs> See, many people limit the power of God through them because they don't believe that God would have them do something outside of their comfort zone. That's not the sort of person I am. <laughs> that may, may be the case before God got hold of you and put his spirit in you and everything changes. When people say, well, that's not the sort of person they are outside of the kingdom, it's, it's just carnality. Maybe they weren't that sort of person. But when God got hold of you, when God got hold of them, everything changes. Jesus breathed them. The Bible says that Jesus, when he met his disciples after he'd been resurrected, he, said, he, he, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. And that changes everything. When you got born again of the Spirit of God, you, you, you said goodbye to your old life and accepted a new life in Christ, everything changed. Now we know, we, we say it, we know that we become a new creation. What part of new creation do we not understand? Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
And God wants us to be, be, be a little bit more like Paul. the Apostle Paul, I believe. He says, not in Philippians 2 and verse 12, he says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. Paul lived this life of pressing on. He didn't know whatever was going behind. He never got to the place where he could sit back and relax and say, well, you know, I've done it now. It's, it's all over. You know, I've, I've done enough. It's, my, it's, it's, it's time for me. It's time for my chill-out time. It's time for my, you know, my, my time. It's time for me to take a break here and, and have this and do this and, and just take it easy a little bit. He says, no. He says, I'm not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of for me. I heard somebody say once that that laying hold of is like a rugby tackle. You're going after it and grabbing hold of it and embracing it so that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. You know, God had got a hold of Paul. God had got, got a hold of him in, in, in some incredible way. You know, God did so much for you. He's got a hold of you. He went to the cross for you. He sacrificed his life for you. He says, brethren, I do, not, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, that's a powerful statement. And I believe, you know, when we get saved, when we start walking with Jesus, we should be a people who get, who get, get like that, that we press on, that we may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of us. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's a powerful statement. See, Paul recognized what Christ had done for him. When you recognize what somebody has done for you, it, it, I, I believe it, 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 it empowers you and it encourages you and energizes you to go and press on. When you recognize what somebody's gone, done for you, when you it's, it's like we owe a debt almost. And he wanted to live out the strength that God had put in him. God to put a strength in him. When you got born again, God put a strength in you. But sometimes we live from a place of our weaknesses. We don't go beyond our place of weakness. And it becomes a, a, a defining place in our life. I can't because. I can't because. They allow their weaknesses to dictate the, to dictate the fruit of their lives. Not the source of their life. See, we, 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 need to, we need to be a people who are allowing the source of our life to dictate our life. Not the weaknesses of our life to dictate our life. Well, you know, I've got this, I can't do this because of this. Paul talking about the thorn in his flesh in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 8 through 9 says, Concerning this thing, I plead with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And, you know, when you speak to God openly, he comes back to you. And he said, My grace, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Come on. 
Don't ever allow, allow your weaknesses to dictate to you. Now, come on, we've all, we've all fought, got things in our lives that could dictate to us, dictate the outcome of our life. And I believe a lot of times they're just weaknesses. We can't because. We can't because. He pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from him. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. We are, we, I think the, uh, the um, Amplified talks about how we, we're relying on the, the power of God in us. We bring our dependency comes down to what he has done for us. Just strength is made perfect in weakness. Strength is made perfect in overcoming. Don't you love it when you when you when you see somebody or you overcome something in your life? You you got this battle going on, and you say, "I'm going to overcome that. I'm going to overcome." He greater is He who is in me than He who is in this world. I'm not going to let the devil have another victory. He's not going to get over get one over on me. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark age. I'm going to bring every thought into captivity, the obedience of Christ. I'm not going to let this get over, get it, get it on top of me, because His grace <clears throat> is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. I'm not talking about people, you know, wallowing in self-pity. But boasting in infirmities, knowing that the power of Christ rests on me. Now, don't limit God to your weaknesses. Don't limit him to your weaknesses. I've seen people over the years just, you know, you know, have these weaknesses that just hinder them and, and hold them, and they don't ever allow God to just do a work in their life to get over it. In your weakness, recognize God's strength. We forget sometimes that what is unreasonable to us is perfectly reasonable to God. Perfectly reasonable is just, it's just what He does. We need to remember some of the promises of God. For the promises of God in him are in, in yes and in him are amen to the glory of God through us. You know, when, when God chose you, he made a commitment to you. When he chose you, he made a commitment to you. He's committed to you. Put your hand on your heart and say, he's committed to me. He's put a seal in me. He's done something for me. He's made me a new creation. When God chose you, he made a commitment to you. He made a promise to you. He said, you're designed to be fruitful. You're designed to be fruitful. He, Ephesians 2 and verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, here we are designed to be fruitful. If we view the spoken word of God outside of our position, the word of God may seem unreasonable. You see, it could seem unreasonable. But in, in, in our position in Christ, His word is totally reasonable. But through our position, all the promises are yes and the hymn are amen. However unreasonable, all things are possible. All things are possible. With God, this, without God, naturally this is impossible. But with God, 
all things are possible. God wants to be us a, be a, wants a people, I believe, in the days in which we live, who live unashamedly, have faith in the word of God. His words are not like many of our words. They don't return void. His word is, it does not return void. For so many people today, their words mean very little. Not only do they talk rubbish, but they don't follow through. There's no promise in their words. Come across so many people who, 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 they, who they, say, they say something, they speak something, they talk about something, they make some sort of verbal commitment or something, but never see it through. Don't even answer their phone. Don't even respond. They never see their word through. You know, God's word isn't like that. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth the bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. So shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God's word has purpose. The words he's spoken over your life, the words that come, that, that, that come from the prophetic words, they have purpose. And it shall prosper in the things which are sent it. God doesn't waste his words. They're powerful. Expecting. Some of the fruit of Jesus' life on earth seem totally unreasonable. When you're living, in the, living with the words of Jesus, you know, you're living with his words, you're applying them through your life, you're living by faith. Don't expect the fruit of your life to always look reasonable. God speaks things to you, and they, they don't seem reasonable in the natural sense. But in the, in, the, in, the, in the things of the kingdom of God, they're totally reasonable. God's word to men and women of old seemed unreasonable. But there was an expectancy from heaven to perform it. God got hold of people who could take his word you know, and, 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 and run with it. And, and, and take and live, live it out by faith. We find them mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. So many of them. Think of Noah. He had a word from God to go and build an ark. He'd never seen an ark. He'd never seen rain, never seen floods. He had no, nothing to go by, no YouTube video. He had no plans. He just had a word from God. And all he had was dimensions. A spoken word. Go build an ark. Well, what's an ark? And we live this side of it. We live, we live in the 21st century looking back on this, and we just built a boat. Didn't, didn't have a clue what a boat was. Think of Abraham. You, 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 you'll be the father of many nations, but you're 75 years old. And your wife, wife is ancient too. But you're going to have a son. 
And we see how God takes one man who took the word of God and from one man and him as good as dead. Look at the person next to you. <laughs> one woman, one man, and them as good as dead. After 25 years, from one man and him as good as dead birthed the nation, more numerous than the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. Because he took one word from, just one word from God. Think of Elijah on Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal. Just one word, shut up the sky from, from raining. Another word, it's going to rain. Just pray. Just one word. Totally unreasonable to expect Noah to build an ark. Totally unreasonable to expect you know, Abraham and Sarah to have a son. Totally unreasonable for Elijah on the mountain common to, to shut up the heavens from rain and then bring rain. Totally unreasonable. You remember Naaman who had to dip seven times in the river in the river Jordan? Said, totally unreasonable to expect me to do that. Do you know who do you realize who I am? Do you realize how filthy this, this, these waters are? Can I not do it my way? Totally unreasonable to accept. And yet God is able to come through. Jesus was totally confident that when he said blind opens, that blind eyes open, they would open. Pretty unreasonable. Just speak a word and see someone's eyes open. Peter had no doubts that the lame man would rise up and walk when he said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Had no doubts. Just took one word. Didn't have to bring it into his thinking. Didn't have to bring it into his understanding. Didn't have to sort of make it, manipulate it so things would happen and look okay. Just one word. Peter had no doubt that when he said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. These were unreasonable words with life-changing impacts. Because it's the word of God. It doesn't seem reasonable. It doesn't sort of fit our reasonableness. It doesn't sort of fit our, our culture always. But this is kingdom culture. This is kingdom culture. When we start operating like this, when we get a, when we get a, a revelation that that's how God wants us, to, I believe, to operate with a kingdom culture, the fruit of your life will point people to Jesus because it will look like the source. It'll look like the source. It'll look like Jesus. And I believe people, you know, should be around us and see us, see us and hear us. Not because of how clever we are and how fancy we do things but because there's something about us that looks like the source. You know, you know when your children, if you, if you have children that go to school, you, you'll know who they've been with when they come home. Hello. And that doesn't just stay with children. That doesn't stay because you become like people you hang around with. That's why it's so important who we hang around with. Not that, we hang, not that we isolate ourselves in these little Christianese little bubbles because we don't want to be influenced by the world, but we become the influence. 
We don't become influenced by the people we hang around with, the people you work with, the people in your frame, in, in your, maybe you've got unsaved family members. Maybe you've got, you know, you work with people who don't share the same values and the things of Jesus that you do. But we don't allow ourselves to be influenced by them. We become like who we spend time with. So the fruit of your life will point to, to Jesus because it will look like the source. So no connection, no fruit. No connection, no fruit. No kingdom culture, everything becomes reasonable. We, we need to see the unreasonable taking place. Miracles. I believe we need to have a hunger. We need to lay hold of that which Christ Jesus laid hold of for us. And, and cry out to see the unreasonable yield to the name of Jesus. You know, who needs to see something unreasonable? In man's understanding. Who, 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 who needs to see something unreasonable in man's understanding? Got things going on in your life. Got situations going on. Who needs to see something unreasonable in man's understanding take place in their life? And yield to the name of Jesus. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. God is looking for people like the people who are listed there in that hall of fame of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, like the Noahs of this world who, who had a word from God, said we're not going to accept anything else. We're just gonna build, we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't, expect, we, we don't know what the finished thing looks like, but we're going to build it. I've got a picture in my mind's eye. I believe maybe God gave him a picture in his mind's eye. Because I found somebody who, has, I, 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 find somebody who I can favor. Abraham took a little bit of convincing. How many of you times we take a little bit of convincing? Amen. It doesn't always come, come easy to accept the word of God, does it? Don't always catch it first time. So our net is cast to catch something which fits our pre-programmed minds. So many times, you know, we as Christians, we, we live our life as, as a new creation, new creation person based out of our old experience and our old carnal minds. They don't mix. Who needs something unreasonable in man under, under, man's understanding to yield to the name of Jesus? You need to see something unreasonable in man's understanding. Well, they've said it will never happen. They said it will always be like this. They, they, they're never going to change. That person's never going to accept Jesus. I'm never going to get this job. I'm never going to pass this exam. Come on. You know, who needs to see something unreasonable in man's understanding? Yield to the name of Jesus. Remember, church, we have the Holy Spirit, and that is a promise. It's a promise. It was a promise then, and it is a promise now. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, verse 39, it says, Then Peter stood up, stood, said to them, Here's Peter, he's just, this is the day of Pentecost, and he's just preached, preached the message, he's just preached the gospel, and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And what does he say? And he said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise, for the promise is to you, and to your children, and to all who are afar off in that little town of Pool, 
as many as the Lord your God will call. It's a promise. All the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him are amen to the glory of God. Through us. All the promises of God. All the promises of God. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord your God will call. That's us, church. That's me. That's you. So the unreasonable can yield to the name of Jesus. Because that name is higher. That name is above every other name. Uh, that name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. When we get that revelation, it changes everything. When Peter got that revelation of Jesus, he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Everything changed. He said, you're, you're Peter. I, I, <laughs> you've got it now. And on the rock of the revelation which you've got, I can build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And you will bind and you will loose. There's power within you. The unreasonable will yield to the name of Jesus. If you, if you, if you hear this morning, you say, oh, there's something unreasonable in my world that I need to see. Yield to the name of Jesus. Why don't you stand on your feet? Let's have the worship team back here and let's, 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 let's get this thing. I was going to say, let's get this thing done. But let's see some yield into the power of the name of Jesus. You know, you believe in miracles. You, you're, you're here this morning. You believe in miracles. You believe in breakthroughs. You believe that his word is true and that it works in your life. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond whatever we can think or ask, beyond what is unreasonable to us, he is able to do. He is able to do. I want us, I want us to worship. You, know, I'm gonna, you go with it. Don't wait for me. You're always waiting for me. You're always waiting for me. You, you, you go. I'll, I'll come with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The promise is to you and to your children and to all who far are afar off. Whoever he calls. Whoever he calls. Father, we thank you this morning that you're in the house today. Come on, I'll follow you. You're in the house today. The name of Jesus, which is above every name, at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Father, we come before you this morning and we declare that you are able. That which is unreasonable to man is totally reasonable to God through the promises of God, which are yes and are in him are amen to the glory of God through us. So, Father, I pray for every person. Come on, if you're here this morning and there's something unreasonable, to, to, now it seems naturally unreasonable. You need to see, yield to the name of Jesus. Bow to the name of Jesus, which is above every name. Come on, start thanking Him right where you are. That that which is unreasonable will bow, will yield to the name, will give way to the name of Jesus. Just like Peter when he came to that, that Peter and John, when they came to that man who had been crippled for all those years. In the name of Jesus, overcome the unreasonable and rise up and walk. Overcome the unreasonable.
and rise up and walk. God, the presence of God is here this morning. The Holy Spirit is in the house.